You are listening to a Pup Starts Breeders podcast, where today you will learn some more about ethical breeding practice with the very knowledgeable Anne Brandon, who runs a huge group um, on social media full of licensed breeders. And the reason that we've got Anne joining us today is because we've got some questions that regularly come up around licensing and the requirements to license, and we could not think of anybody better to speak to than Anne herself. So I'd like to introduce you all to Anne. Hello, thank you for having me. Thank you for inviting me. No, not at all. Thank you for joining us today. So one of the biggest questions, you know, I see, I don't know how it is for you, but from, from our point of view is this question mark around whether people need to license or not. And it's, it's a little bit muddy, isn't it, really? It and is. I think a lot of people get confused about it. So can you break that down for us a little bit, Anne? I mean, if you, if you breed one or two litres a year, do you need to go through the whole rigmarole of applying for a licence? Um, I mean, that, that sounds like a really easy question and there is a really easy answer. And the answer is if you have one or two litters, a, breed one or two litters a year, you don't need a licence. However, <laughs> this is where it gets complicated. So the actual law from 2018 states that anybody breeding three or more litters a year will require a licence. But if you breed less than that and you plan on selling those puppies, you will need a license. Okay. Okay. Um, now, you get a lot of people coming in saying, well, I'm just a hobby breeder. I'm not quite sure what a definition of the hobby breeder is, but if you are breeding dogs and you are in the business of selling them, you need a license, whether that is one litter, two litters. Okay. 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 So you can breed three litters of dogs a year without a license, but okay. you will have to prove that you have not sold those puppies. Okay, because I th- there was something about this thousand pounds. Yes. What's, can you can you explain that yeah. to me? So basically, that's it's not profit as such. From what I can gather, it's gross income, which is before deductions. So if you earn a thousand pounds a year gross, mm-hmm. um, you need to contact HMRIC and tell them. Yeah, yeah, sure. And, and that will, doesn't matter whether it's dogs or doesn't matter whether it's cars or, or whatever. If you're selling, doesn't matter, you know. Okay. And, and then you, you do your paperwork, your biz, you know, your, your your counts. Yes. And you say, well, I spent you know six hundred pounds on vet bills. I spent you know two hundred pounds on heating and a hundred pounds on food. Yes, I earned a thousand pounds, but I got no profit. And they will say, okay, fine. You, you know, that's you know, it's fine. You know, but you, you have to tell somebody. It's for your own protection, really. A lot of people are saying, you know, um, well, I don't need a licence. Uh, I was told I don't need one. But really, it, you need to find out for yourself. Ignorance is no excuse. You need to find out for yourself and protect yourself. Oh, completely. So what do you advise breeders to do? If they're not clear on their own circumstances and they're struggling to apply their own circumstances to the law and the legislation, what would you advise breeders to go and do? I would advise them to get in contact with their local council and ask to speak to the licensing officer, not somebody on reception, (laughs) and be honest with them and say, look, I've got one breeding bitch here. I'm going to have one litter of puppies. Um, I sell them for, let's be honest, you know, puppies are about £1,000 each minimum now these days. Minimum. And, you know, do I need a licence? They will advise you. Now, as we know, with the licensing, all councils are singing from different song sheets. So they might say, no, you won't need a license. It's a one-off litter. Um, 
But in that case, I suggest that you get a out of scope letter from your council. I was going to say, would you advise on getting some sort of? I would definitely written confirmation of that. Getting some written confirmation because no. ignorance is no excuse for not having a license. No. Even you know, you can stand up and say, well, my licensing officer told me I didn't need one. It's up to you to know the law, you as an individual. Yeah, okay. completely. Ignorance is no excuse. So get that letter to protect yourself. It's called an outer scope letter. And make it very clear to the uh, licensing officer that I haven't sold the puppies. Um, I, I haven't made a profit. And they, mm, on the guidelines, it does also say that you may have to provide evidence of the the owners of the puppies okay you haven't sold them to them okay okay that's really really good advice that's really really good advice that's really useful because you know we do quite often get people inquiring and saying you know can you would help and advise me I'm not quite sure about this legislation it's not particularly clear and like you say a lot of the local councils are applying it differently mm-hmm. across the country yeah, which yeah, is yeah. even more confusion so on that note how how fit do you think the current legislation is, you know, as in fit for purpose? Is it fit for purpose? And do you think it actually improves dog welfare? Because, you know, the, the, the purpose of it, of the licensing um, in the first instance, is to, is to protect the dogs and to make yeah. sure that standards are being met. Do you think that its current format does that job? Hmm. Um. It needs a lot of improvement, but I think I think it's a good idea. I, th- I think it's great that something is happening, um, and I do think it's a good idea. Um, yes, there's lots of improvements that need doing. I do believe that a lot of our licensing officers now are going out and they are receiving special training. Um, but is it fit for purpose? I, I can't answer that directly. I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Um, so where would you see improvements being made if you had to if you had to you know give us a couple of tidbits of your you know from your point of view what the questions you see being asked in the group the problems that breeders face in in, in terms of meeting the licensing requirements and you know I know that there are some themes that keep reoccurring you know areas within the legislation that are not specifically fit for purpose can you can you talk about those i think the the general license in the, the guidelines and we have to remember that they are guidelines um which means that any council can give away from those guidelines mm-hmm. you know the law is that yes you need a breathing license but the rest of it is guidelines from reading through the guidelines it is very very kennel orientated you know, most most people, most of my friends are home breeders. You know, I've got six dogs and literally they're all squashed on the couch with me at the moment. Um, they're very, very kennel orientated. Like it will say each dog has to have its own water bowl. Well, that would be ridiculous for, for me and my dogs. They've got one water bowl because they've got free reign at the house. And I think a lot of people that I know live like I do with the dogs are in the house. Absolutely. You've got to monitor that their input and output chart. Well, um, I would find that very difficult as well. Um, but but again, if you've got a dog, a single dog in a kennel, yes, you can monitor its input and output chart, <laughs> you know, but yeah. if I go out in my garden now, there might be two or three poos and I don't know who's done what. Yeah, what? No, completely. <laughs> you know, so it's um, it needs to probably be more geared towards the home breeder. Um, if I can just sort of go off track a little bit, my parents were licensed. I come from a dog breeding family and my parents had kennels back in the 70s. So the licensing law has, has always been there. 
Okay. Yep. Uh, you know, they were licensed breeders back in the seventies, and we did have kennels. Yeah. You know, rows of kennels. Um, but now we find that obviously it's jumped. Everybody's jumped on this bandwagon of dog breeding, and people don't see home breeders as a breeder when really you are a breeder. Yeah. And so I think it's a good idea when you ask about it because we have all heard of people with dogs in crates stacked up in cages, you know, stacked up in kitchens and utility rooms. Horror stories. Yeah, we have heard those. And people don't class themselves as kennels, you know, when they're they're living. No. So, um, yeah, so um, what was it? The welfare of the dog? What's the rest of your question? Sorry. I mean, do you think that they improves the welfare of the dog? Because obviously the licensing law was created to improve standards, to ensure standards in the first instance yeah. met and that the dogs received a certain level of care. Do you think it, it, you know, do you think it's fit for purpose? Do you think that it does improve welfare? Especially think, the recent changes, you know, it would say recent 2018, but, you know, the most recent changes. Yeah, I think any sort of home inspection, any inspection of your breeding stock is being inspected. I think, yes, it's, it's, it's going to improve the welfare of the dog because, OK, we know we're doing it right, but there's a lot of people out there that are doing it wrong. You know, so if they can be inspected and that's obviously and they're, you know, they're raising their dogs correctly. They're not in the right environment. And the inspector comes along and says, well, actually, no, this needs to be this, that needs to be improved. Then, yes, that's going to improve the welfare of their dogs. It might not prove the welfare of my dogs because I know mine are well cared for and you know yours are well cared for. But we have to think about those people out there that aren't quite sure what they're doing and aren't quite sure that they're doing it right, you know. Absolutely. Well, on that note, I'm going to say thank you ever so much for your contribution. Let's hope that lots of people get to listen to our podcasts and listen to our teachings on um, ethical and responsible breeding and we get to improve things through education. So thank you very much, Anne, for joining us today. And we hope to see you again in the group. Speak to you soon. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm Rebecca Walters. Thank you for listening. If you would like to know any more about our products, services courses or programs that we offer regarding dog breeding or puppy raising please check out www.pupstartsbreeders.com thanks for listening and we hope we'll catch you in the next podcast